Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. Whatever the consumer needs for that pizza occasion, for that watching football occasion, we need to fulfill that for our consumers. Hi, I'm Michael Casson. Welcome to Good Company, where I'll explore how marketing, media, entertainment, and tech are intersecting, transforming our lives and the way we do business at a breakneck speed. I'll be joined by some of the greatest business minds and strongest leaders who will share how they've built companies from the ground up or transformed them from the inside out. My bet is you'll pick up a lesson or two along the way. It's all good. It's very exciting today for me to welcome Lucas Herskovici, Global Chief Direct-to-Consumer Officer for Anheuser-Busch InBev. Awesome, Michael. And it's always great to be with friends, and it's been a pleasure to get to know you many years ago when we had our first media pitch back in, in 2014 when I was running Connections for North America. But since then, we've been able to have many, many opportunities getting together, and it's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. In my new role, it's been a year and a half, but I've been more than 21 years in the company. So I'm already an adult uh, within ABI, <laughs> almost 22. I joined the company back in Argentina, my home country. And then since then, I've evolved throughout the years in different commercial roles, trying always to drive change. That's been a constant. I like being seen, considered as a change agent, uh, driving revolutions within, within that journey. And I drove change back then, driving innovation for global brands, drove a change by leading connections and digital in North America, expanding our non-out portfolio when I was appointed five years ago as a chief of our non-out beverage industry. And before this position, I was chief of sales. So excited with this new adventure that I've been in the role for a year and a half. Direct-to-consumer and ABI is something newer. And the idea behind it is to revolutionize the way we engage with consumers. So that's why I think, as you said, the title is different, it's new, it's fun. And for me, it's extremely exciting because it's at the cusp of driving that change that we need within the company. And it's interesting, Lucas, this isn't a question that I thought about until you just said this, but I remember the one time I did get to hear Steve Jobs speak directly. I was fortunate to be in a room when just when the iPad was introduced, and it was the dialogue between Steve Ballmer and Steve Jobs, interesting, about what was going to win this newfangled iPad. This was in 2010, or a PC. And the question was, was it a PC or not? But Steve Jobs talked about the fact that when he launched iTunes, and the idea of selling direct to the consumer a song, if you will, the distinction he made was for years, the music industry thought of Tower Records or HMV or Virgin Megastore as their consumer. And what Steve Jobs said was, no, no, no. Lucas Herskovici is my consumer. Michael Casson is my consumer. That's my direct to consumer. I'm going to go direct to you, Lucas, with the song. So you don't have to buy a whole album. We all know that. But are you using consumer in the same way? So it's a great question. And it all starts from, from that key question, right? Is like, we are a company that has history that dates back to 1366, right? Uh, Stellar and brands of the year 1200. So always uh, the way we've done business is mainly through customers, call it retailers. That's been the way in which we go to reach our consumers. We reach 
over 2 billion consumers, right? That we sell our products around the world, but we reach them indirectly. Okay. We reach in us via wholesalers in other countries, we go through the retailers or customers as we call it. So for us going direct to the consumer is something that we have not done before at scale. It's your version of iTunes then. Yeah, that's why it's like we are now, and that's why I say it's a newer thing, is we started, we have stores, physical stores, and we've had physical stores in some country like Mexico that are Modeloramas. We have over 10,000. That was the closest we had to be able to go direct to the consumer. And we have physical stores. But in 2016, we launched a, what we called Z Delivery back in Brazil, which was a proposition to help solve a pain point that consumers had and still have today. We know beer is big, it's bulky, it's difficult to transport, and people want it cold. On the other hand, you have pizza that is delivered uh, around the world in less than 30 minutes. And the, the pizza industry was able to crack that and it's deliver hot. So we said, why can't we solve this pain point to consumers? And that's how the business was born, is how to deliver cold beer in less than 30 minutes at supermarket prices. And then through different iterations of the model, we ended up finding the solution that worked, that was viable in 2019, and then came COVID. Uh, and during the pandemic, business exploded. Uh, we grew more than 10 times, and now we deliver this proposition to millions and millions. We have over 60 million orders that were delivered uh, last year, and this solved a pain point for our consumers, and that's why we decided to expand it. And basically, D2C and ABI, now we have two value propositions. One, which is the one that I just described, cold beer in less than 30 minutes at supermarket prices. And this is available in 13 markets around the world. It started in Brazil and was scaled across the world under the brand Tada, like Tada, like the magician uh, sound. I like that. I like that. And then the other proposition we have is called Perfect Wrap, which is basically an espresso for beer. Uh, and this is for more mature markets. So we have it currently in Europe and more than seven countries in Europe. And basically you buy this machine and you can order online or you can buy in a store, you can buy the kegs uh, and the kegs are put in six liter kegs. You put them in the machine. You can choose from 40 different varieties of, of beers. And then you can have your draft beer at home at half the price you pay in a bar. And we have more bars at homes than bars exist across UK and France, for example. And Lucas, let me ask you another question. Let me talk about the state of consumer engagement. You know, you're talking about it direct to that. And I love the tada of it all because I'm a big believer in magic. So I love that sound of tada. But consumer engagement, there's no magic. There's an insane number of platforms, channels, connected experiences available. And you, in your experience, have certainly spent a lot of time understanding that side of the world as well as this DTC side of the world. How are you? finding the audiences and engaging in the right way with the people who would be interested in the delivery perfect draft or ta-da. The market is so vast. The beer drinking market is so vast. How are you focusing on those folks that are willing and interesting, again, with this proliferation of channels? So in my previous roles, right, going back to the going indirect, the, the role is more with our brands. We have brands that have centuries of history that have a lot of awareness, that have 
very strong brand equity, brand power, and communication and marketing is mainly for brand equity, right? And it's hard to do this direct marketing to be able to see the immediate sale associated with the dollars you invest or the consumers you engage with. Yeah, let me stop you there for a second, Lucas, because it's a really interesting point. At MediaLink, I coined a phrase five years ago, which caught some heat in a positive way. And it was coming out of that kind of experience, but also with a financial services company who said to us, why do I have a brand marketing unit over here and a performance marketing unit over here? Why don't they come together and that's when I came up with that word, which you and I have bantied about before, which was brand formance. You just said it. The brand is to do this. The performance is to drive that. We looked at it and said, the two should come together. And I came up with that word, which you know I hadn't heard before. So I'm going to take credit for inventing it, uh, brand formance marketing. So I throw that out to you as a thought starter. So I love that you bring it up and you can ask my teams, like I have my teams have targets on brand formats. So you coined the word and it's part of my day-to-day. -day. So the transformation we're trying to, to drive is D2C, when we started, it was all about performance marketing, right? And uh, as you know, cost of acquisition has gone up in the past two, three years exponentially because of all the changes that have happened in the industry with regards to privacy and also other things. So the point is, there is a challenge and there's a lot of competition, obviously, in this space. Like we are used to, have been used to compete against other CPG companies. Here we're competing with tech companies. We're competing with Uber Eats of the world, DoorDash, Mercado Libre, Rappi, and very, very sophisticated and aggressive players with a lot of intelligence and a lot of knowledge in performance marketing. And I think the challenge that everyone faces now is how to reinvent performance marketing to be about brand performance and how to find the right combination of how to build your brand while you are also driving sales. And to be honest is, I don't think many companies have cracked it yet. We have pilots running in different parts of the world. I have in Mexico, I have in Colombia, we have in Argentina, in Brazil, and we're working with different companies and even internally on how to crack this model. But in the end, it's a combination of content to build the brand that drives organic reach and then using the right content to drive then performance media against it to be able to find the best combination that will drive consideration and cost of acquisition at the most efficient cost. Lucas, you, you hit so many you know fine points there relative to the market. Do you see the consumer reacting and do you see the consumer changing their habits? Because what you're doing is changing the habit of how I get beer. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're changing my habit. You're changing what I do. What's the consumer uptake? What are you seeing? What are the early signs? We have been able to grow awareness, right? In a very strong way in the past, I would say 12 months. Tada has over 50% awareness. Zay has over 70% awareness where, where we operate. Our brands are growing in a healthy way ahead of the industry. So we're gaining share. So the point is our brands are growing well. We just won uh, Khan Awards, one for Tada, one for Zip a few months ago. So those are proof points. And we have been recognized ABI in the fast company and most innovative companies in the world. And we were number one in consumer products and in services because of D2C and Bs, right? So in a way, we're very proud of the progress we made. I'm seeing the results come to fruition, right? But I'm never satisfied. 
So I want to be benchmark in the world. Let me ask you a question. You talked about pizza as an example of somebody who cracked a code, you know, a long time ago. How are you looking at potential collabs with, you know, I can think of a beer and a pizza. I mean, the idea of, I presume you're looking at that. You're such a smart marketer, Lucas, at your core. And you're talking about tech more here, but I know you've got, you know, such deep marketing capability and, and insights. Are you looking at the potential for collabs? I would guess you'd have to be. One of the biggest opportunities that exists in beer, right, is the meal occasion, right? When you look at beer consumption across different occasions, like the relaxed occasion, the social gathering occasion, beer has an opportunity to grow there. And depending on the market, there is wine, there's also soft drinks and pizza, going to your question. Also, fast food could be hamburgers and other things. Barbecue is a key thing in which we have made concerted efforts to drive focus and growth, right? So we are actively, first going to your question, we're actively pursuing initiatives in the markets I mentioned before, our key markets, Brazil, Mexico, Argentina, Colombia. We are tapping into the meals occasion where pizza is one of them. And our goal is to be able to increase our frequency in those occasions. So that's the beauty uh, of D2C in a way is what is the ultimate goal that we have with D2C is how to help the category grow in a healthier way and in a faster way. D2C gives us access to tens of millions of consumers, right? Our long-term ambition is to connect with over 100 million consumers in the countries where we operate. And that gives us a wealth of data that will then allow us to be able to grow the size of the occasions uh, the frequency in these occasions, and that will ultimately help the beer category. Let me give you an example of Brazil and football or soccer, how you call it in the U.S. To bring this into practical levels, Wednesday was, was the day of the week. It was the lowest selling day that we had in, in Brazil. Soccer games are played on Wednesdays, right? And we know we have a strong association with soccer in the countries where we operate. For decades, Andrew, we've been always activating that occasion. So we decided to have us focus on Wednesdays and to activate that occasion one to two hours before the game to give promotions to consumers. And then even looking at data, we also saw in halftime, there's also an opportunity to activate there. And we were able to grow to make Wednesday the high selling day of the week, right? We increase the orders by more than 30% on Wednesday prior to us activating these days. Why is that? Because we solve the consumer pain point. It's like consumers maybe didn't have cold beer in their fridges at the moment of the game. And by the click of a button, less than 30 minutes, they got cold beer for their game with their friends. So instead of drinking a soft drink, instead of drinking spirits or instead of drinking wine, they're now drinking beer. And that helps drive joy to those moments, it solves a pain point and it makes the experience better. So that's a very practical example of how we are growing and focusing on occasions to make a win-win for consumers and for us. It's so interesting because you're actually solving for a problem that existed. When I think back to one of the real ills of that moment in time that we call the dot-com explosion or then an implosion was people were solving for problems that didn't exist. It was a nice idea, but that's not really a challenge. You've actually solved the challenge that somebody says, boy, if I could reach for that cold beer and have it, 
that's probably what I would do. And yet now I have the opportunity. And I'll, I'll go one step further is like, which was a big revelation and provocation for us is we not only sell beer, right? 85% of what we sell in our platform is, is beer, but we also sell soft drinks. We sell charcoal. We sell ice. We sell meat. We sell competing beers. So my point is we sell other products to make that occasion great for our consumers. So whatever the consumer needs for that pizza occasion, for that watching football occasion, we need to fulfill that for our consumers. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I love that part of the story, Lucas. Lucas, I'm going to play the word game with you. I'm going to play my T's and C's. This is my lightning round question that I always like to ask these days. Let's start with the T words. Trust, transparency, talent, technology, and transformation. If you say any of those words in our industry, that's going to spark a conversation. Trust, transparency, talent, technology, and transformation. And let's go to the C words now. The C words are content, commerce, culture, creativity, community, and curation. Wow. And, you know, I think I got lucky that day when I sat down and wrote those words down because as I did it, I said, these actually make sense in terms of circling the wagons on the conversations that we're all having in some way, shape, or form. On the C's, I rarely hear the word commerce anymore, not modified by the word content. Mm -hmm. Using content to drive commerce. Culture, community, creativity, those three C's are certainly, you know, high on everyone's list in terms of what we focus on. And then curation is really the business we're all in. Mm -hmm. Curating the right messages, the right experiences, the right whatever. You know, we all struggle in the world to find the right context and the right device at the right time with the right message to the right consumer. You know, because we've had this conversation before, I'm in favor of doing all the right things. But I also like the fact that in marketing, you need some serendipity, you need some surprise and delight, you need some shock and awe. It can't just be right, right, right. You got to take a risk. But I throw those words out to you back to the T's and C's, pick any of them or all of them and, you know, give me a, a reaction. So first of all, of the T's, if I had to choose one, right, it's talent, because in the end, uh, it's all about people. Uh, we're in an industry and they all connect, you know, talent connects with technology, connects with trust, connects with transformation. So you need the people that have the skills to drive a transformation. You need people that have tech expertise. You need people that can be trustworthy. So uh, I feel we're in a talent industry. You know everyone in the industry. You've built great things and great companies by choosing the right people to surround you. Uh, so I think that for me is the, the number one thing and that I always choose my teams, the people that I work with uh, that can complement me. I know my strengths and I also know my opportunity areas. And I think it's all about talent density and talent complementarity. I always have a very high bar on the people that I want to be in my teams and that I want to have in the company. And that's what I, it comes from, for me, was very inspiring. And then it's about looking at, at the comp team composition, right, to drive what is needed for growth. Okay. And then from a C perspective, I would choose the word content, right? Because again, I, for me, it's a connector. The content connects with creativity, connects with culture. All these things that you said in a way is we need commerce. Like in the end, is like if you have the right content, it can drive 
commerce, right? It can drive conversations. And so I believe we're in a, in a world where content is more important than ever, right? Uh, when we think of curation, uh, it's curating the right content. So those are the two, let's say one T one C that I chose from, from the very insightful list of words. But I think these are the most powerful words because I think they connect with all the other T's and C's. I'll tell you why I know that you and I have a bond, Lucas, because you picked my favorite two words out of the list. Take me five years out. What do you think the challenges will be from today that are the same? And, you know, what do you think, be specific, not general, but be as general as you want, I guess. What do you hope we'll have solved by then? Let's focus on that. What do you think we'll have solved in five years as opposed to what the questions will be? What do you think we'll answer? And what answers do you think we'll have? So I think I'll answer two things uh, from two different angles, right? Uh, I'm going to on ABI and what, what D2C uh, will look like and what ABI will look like. And I'll also answer from how I envision the world is going to look like five years from now. It's very hard to predict things, right? Uh, but it's a good exercise. First of all, I would say is we're in a journey at ABI. I've been here, as I said, over 21 years, and we're in a transformation journey, right? We're digitizing the way we connect with our consumers and our customers, right? We want to become the number one tech-enabled CPG. So in the B2B side, we're leading in the space with our B's platform that is very well recognized out there. We have partnerships with, with a lot of CPG companies out there. Now with B2C scaling, I'm very confident that we will become the number one tech-enabled CPG because of leading and the digitization both in B2B and in D2C. Now what this will mean for ABI, right, is we're in a journey, right? We are in the past quarters, we've had uh, sustainable uh, growth and we're in a transformation that I'm very excited to be part of. In the past, we were renowned for our M&A uh, model that was very successful as a strategy back then. And we're moving into organic growth mode in the past years. So I'm very confident with the progress we've made, right? We've achieved all-time high in volumes last year. We have grown power with our brands. We're growing in the beer category. So when I look at the world five years from now, I would like to see us continue down this path in being recognized globally as a leader and as a benchmark in organic growth, in building brands, in creativity, in effective marketer, and in being world-class in, in this transformation from a CPG to be the number one tech-enabled CPG. Now talking about how I see the world changing is what I'm gonna say could sound cliche because everyone's talking about AI and all these things, but in the end, it's all about people and it's all about how talent, as we were talking a few minutes before, embrace change, right? And I think it's up to leaders uh, like you that have always embraced change, are always looking for the next opportunity ahead. And I believe this conversion between technology, right? And content, the companies and the people that leverage the right talent, adapt to what's out there and embrace a change in a positive way are gonna be able to thrive. And going to that point is whoever is not trying to embrace the use of AI and everything they're doing is going to die. Uh, there, there's not an option. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of how and when and with whom. Uh, so that's, I think, our next transformation as leaders is how to embrace and continue learning and relearning 
as we go. Because going back to the talent question is the talent that will thrive is the talent that is open to learn as fast as possible in this ever-changing world. Lucas Herskovici, I want to thank you for spending the time with me today. You lit up a lot, and I'm certain our audience will be that much smarter uh, for having listened. Uh, you're a good man and a good friend, and I appreciate you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you again. Thanks for having me. It was wonderful uh, to spend time with you. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for the time. It was really fun. And looking forward next time to do it in person with a beer at hand and celebrating together. Exactly. And if I didn't end with my, my uh, normal end, it would be bad. So I'll just say all good. Thank you. I'm Michael Casson. Thanks for listening to Good Company. Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. A special thanks to Lena Peterson, Chief Brand Officer and Managing Director of MediaLink, for her vision on Good Company. And to Jen Seeley, Vice President, Marketing Communications of MediaLink, for programming amazing talent and content. 